being in the woods just was something a way for me to um, not escape everything. I didn't want to escape it, but it just did something for my soul. It just, you know, everybody talks about, um, you know, it's so much easier to connect with your faith and your religion or God or the universe, whatever you connect Mm -hmm. with. And I never understood it um, before until I experienced it myself. And I think just having that ability to be out there and collect your mind and, you know, and, and be one with the outdoors and, you know, talk and, you know, have my faith. It just, it, it just drew me in and it just, uh, every single day it got clearer and clearer and my passion got stronger and stronger and every three second I had, that's where I was. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the earth. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friend, Don Redbone Mike Grace. Wayne Locke is with me in the studio, and we have lost Alex for the day. I don't know where he's at. He's out playing hooky. Playing hooky. Playing hooky today. No, he's out with his job, uh, I believe, in Florida. Oh, really? Yeah. I bet the weather's nicer here than it is in Florida. I think it's still warmer there, yeah. but this cold front really, it's going to do our food plot some good, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And uh, folks, welcome to the program for today. we got uh, we got a big day going on, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, a lot of stuff we're going to cover. And of course, if you're not familiar with the show, we talk hunting and fishing and just all kinds of stuff. And uh, we got the radio show, and then we're going to uh, tell you about a, a podcast that we do. And of course, the radio show is part of the podcast, but a bonus that gets you um, an opportunity by listening to the bonus over on the uh, podcast. I give you an opportunity to, to win some prizes and all kinds of neat stuff when you go over there. And we'll talk about that through the course of the day. Uh, Wayne, you, you had talked about um, uh, this cooler weather doing our food plots some good. What would do our food plots some good is if it would rain. Oh, you ain't kidding. Our food plots are, they were doing so good. And now they're actually starting to get a little yellow around the edges of all the leaves. And all my stuff that was growing right. so fast just all of a sudden stunted. Yeah, and, it, and it's a lack of water. I mean, it's a lack of water, and, and and that's one of the issues, you know, here in the Ozarks with putting in fall food plots is the fact that we tend to get into dry weather, uh, you know, right here at the beginning, well, first first part of October into September. It's usually dry, and it's always a problem. But um, you know, maybe we'll get some rain coming up in the next uh, the next week or so. Yeah, and if we were just uh, like sixty miles further south we'd be drenched with rain with all those tropical oh, yeah. storms and hurricane stuff that's coming through which is just missing us well and, and actually in north arkansas uh, you know as far north as uh, uh jonesboro and and just south of our our, our home station k country 95 uh some of that area got rain on tuesday and wednesday in fact talked to a friend of mine over Paragould, arkansas uh on wednesday and he said it's been raining here for two days <laughs> yeah, I, I, my wife called. I know my wife called this morning. She asked how the rain went last night because it, the thing said mm-hmm. we were supposed to be getting rain, and and uh, she's up in Ohio, you know, dealing with one of our adoptions that we're doing. And uh, I said, well, you know, it, it said it was supposed to rain for the last two days and hasn't rained a drop. Right. And I told her, so I'm even out there doing the rain dance and that. And she said, well, maybe that's the problem because she's seen me dance, and she goes, that ain't going to help you none. Yeah, nobody's going to believe that, right? <laughs> Uh, well, but, uh, yeah, we do need some rain in the food plots. We hope yours is doing well. And if you don't have one, uh, you might want to consider it uh, as, as things go in the future. Um, we got hunting seasons going on now. Bow season is open now. And, boy, I've seen some bucks that have already bit the dust uh, in Missouri and, and obviously in Kansas. They're, they're killing deer. And, and all around, I mean, there are some big bucks. And that's the result, we're talking about being kind of dry now, of all the rain we had through the summer. Right. And I mean, there's some good bucks that have already been killed. And, uh, you know, we had, have you seen this bear that this little 14 year old girl killed? 
No, eight hundred and fifty pounds. It sure is a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, it was oh, what state bear. was that in? Uh, I'm thinking she was in Tennessee. That's crazy. Yeah, but huge, huge bear. I'm so you know something like that. You'd think, oh, it must be like up in Alaska or something like no, that. I'm thinking, but... I'm thinking and, and that might not be right. Tennessee or Kentucky won. Either way. Yeah, and and even for you know Alaska, that's still a big, big brown bear. Sure is. Or black bear. I Does it say? Did it give the uh, how how long it was the length? Uh, no, I, I don't remember that part. It just said the fact that it weighed over 850 pounds. Oh, man. And she was grinning ear to ear. I bet. <laughs> and then I think we talked about it a little bit last week. There was this 14-year-old girl that killed this uh, buck in Kansas that may be a new state record. Right. I wonder if there would be a state record for that bear. That I mean, that's whopper. Uh, yeah, I think that was kind of the point of the point of the, uh, the article. And we're talking about separate girls here. Right. Uh, but this girl in Kansas killing this buck, I mean... He, he, he's crazy big, and it was non-typical, obviously. Yeah. And so, you know, what I'm saying is, there's some big deer already hitting the ground. Well, congratulations to all the young girls out there setting these records. Uh, yeah, but the only thing about it is, is her the rest of her life. I mean, her hunting is never going to be that good again. Right. Yeah. That's. I, I and I understand where they're coming from because my son, when he was 12, that's when he shot his first buck, and his first buck he shot had a 23 inch spread. Yeah. There you go. And it's like, uh, you know, you're supposed to start with like a fork yeah. <laughs> or a doe or something like that. Yeah. But no, the first deer he ever shot, and I shouldn't say first buck, it was the first deer he ever shot. Really. Yep, 23-inch spread, and I was like, oh boy, there's a story behind that off the share one day. Yeah. And, and I kind of, and I kind of can relate to that because first deer i ever shot and i was 22 23 years old before i ever started deer hunting and uh it, it was a 21 inch spread nice big, big seven point it was yeah. the biggest deer on the farm and, and everybody else that hunted that farm uh after that they're like we're giving up now right right <laughs> and my son's never matched that i mean he's never even come close i think the biggest one he's had since then was only 18 inch spread yeah well i've matched mine and, and got it even bigger so I was, oh nice i've been very fortunate to to, to have an opportunity Thanks to some farmers out there that allowed me to hunt to kill some pretty big deer. Right. But, um, that's not my point. My point is I can relate to killing a big deer your first you know, time you kill a deer, and then everything after that's kind of disappointing. Right. Yep, no doubt. And that's kind of tough. So we hope those young ladies don't get uh, spoiled and don't get discouraged when next year you know, they kill a six-point and a bear that weighs 500 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there are bears in our neighborhood. Right now, I uh, I hear that uh, somebody might have a bear. Yes, yes, we uh, we have seen some evidence of bears on trail cameras in our neighborhood. Oh so. boy! And it's not a small little one either. No, he, he, you showed me the picture. He actually looks like a pretty big deer or a pretty pretty big uh, pretty big bear. Right. And uh, you know, it's I mean, it just goes to show. I think that the MDC is doing the right thing, and, and by MDC, I mean Missouri Department of Conservation, doing the right thing by introducing a bear season next fall. Yes. Because I think the bears are beginning to become a a little more populated than we need. Yeah, I would agree. In the areas where there are bears. Right. I would agree. I would agree. You know, and speaking of trail cams, I when I pulled my cards uh, this morning, I still, believe it or not, still have deer in velvet. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing over, the biggest one I got in velvet is a six point, but mm-hmm. all the, the older ones or the or bigger ones are all out of velvet. But I was just shocked to see that they're still in velvet. Yeah, I've still got this little six point that runs around my house. And, and I saw him again last weekend. I haven't seen him since last Saturday. Uh, but last weekend, he still, I mean, you could see that it was starting to tear off. Yeah. Uh, but he still had velvet. Wow. So, yeah, I think, and I think that's the case with young deer. Uh, take a little longer. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe because they're not experienced at it or whatever the case might be. But All right, so uh, we have special guests coming up, Wayne. We're going to have an interesting show for folks today. Who, who we got coming on? We got Dana Sasha coming. Uh, she's from Wisconsin, and she is she was late bloomer to hunting, but she really dove into it. And um, she we'll talk about some of her success she's already had this year, and it's been a great success season for her. But she developed a program, uh, an organization called Hunting for Connections. And uh, we'll dive into that and exactly what that is and let her explain that. But uh, it's really unique. It's not what you think it is. It, it may be what you think it is, but there's a whole lot more to it. Yeah, I have no clue. I have no clue. I've heard that a lot about you, though. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. She's from Wisconsin. Right. She drives down the road. <laughs> yeah, drives on the road. Um, so, I got, I got one question for you here before we, before we just, uh, go to the break here. Do you know what is blue... It smells like red paint. No. Blue paint. Oh, geez. <laughs> You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Redlands and his friends. We'll be right back. Right here, right now. This is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big boy for a while. I can load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. Alex is not with us this week. He is uh, tied up with his job. I'm the Red Bone Mike Crace, and uh, Wayne Locke is with us here in the studio. And, uh, Wayne, introduce our guest we've got on the phone. Yes, as we said in the last segment, we have Dana Sasha on the phone from Wisconsin. going to join us and tell us all about her organization, and we're going to touch some base on some hunting stories. And how are you doing today, Dana? I am a fantastic. We're... Uh in Wisconsin, as you mentioned, but the weather here today is seriously so amazing. I think we're having a little touch of Indian summer already. It's been like 80-some degrees in Wisconsin, and the leaves are changing colors. So, I mean, wow. it's just this, today is just all about a positive attitude. <laughs> you know, that's amazing because here in the Ozarks, uh, the temperature today is in the mid-60s, and it looks like it's going to rain all day. <laughs> really? <laughs> so we must have switched well, places for a while. I, I think we did, and we have definitely had that over the last couple of days. So we're feeling pretty blessed today. Uh, very, awesome. Very good. So uh, I guess we will start right at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about who Dana Sasha is. Yeah, absolutely. So basically I am a city girl gone country is what I kind of call myself. I was born and raised in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then later in my early 20s, when I was 24, I moved out to the country. And believe it or not, I at that time when I moved out to the country, I thought, for real, like, who in their right mind would do this? Who wants <laughs> to drive an hour to work every day? Who wants? There's nothing to do out here. There's nothing. And um, it took me all of about just a couple of months to understand really what's moving from city life to country life is and the blessings that it really brought to my life. And it's crazy because once you get from the city back out to the or into the country, it's just mesmerizing on how everything in your whole entire being shifts. And it was probably one of the best blessings that has ever happened to me. And so I moved out there in my early 20s, and that's really where my love and passion for the great outdoors started. Uh, when I was living in the city, I really didn't grow up hunting and fishing Um, And so I really didn't know a lot about that. I knew that I loved to be in the outdoors. I just didn't do those kinds of things. And so when I moved to the country, I I moved um, here with, at that time, was my husband. He was from the country. And so we we built a house out, out in this town, which is a very rural community called Melrose. 
And um, it didn't take us very long um, to really start to dig in. And, and he's really opened me up to hunting and fishing and um, doing all the things that he did as a child and the things that he grew up with. And, and so um, I really didn't warm up to hunting right away. But when my son was old enough to go to hunter safety, I thought, you know, I've got two boys. One's 12 and at the other time, the other one was five. So I'm like, I really need to find a way to to connect with two boys. I'm living with three of them. I should probably try to figure out how to get on the same page with these guys. (laughs) And so I decided at that point I would really uh, go to hunter safety and, and just at least go out and sit with the kids and, um, and so I did that, and I, I took hunter safety, and I always laugh. I said, it's the only test in my entire life that I aced. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be a good sign here that there's a reason why <laughs> Right, right. I'm going to like the outdoors. So, yeah, it was probably easy, but I felt pretty excited that I aced the test. So. <laughs> you know, I can, I, can, but, I can relate to your story because uh, my wife and I moved to Thayer, which is population 2,243, and uh, she grew up in St. Louis. I'm talking about inner city St. Louis. And she'd yeah. never been to the country, and, and we moved here uh, just a year after we got married, and uh, which was 41 years ago. And she, uh, uh, my parents offered to give us five acres, which was out in the middle of nowhere. And she was like, no way, I'm not moving yeah. out there in the middle of the woods. And now we live out in the middle of the woods, and she would never move back to town. Not even back to yeah. town in Thayer with a population of 200 or 2,243, much less go back to St. Louis. So I can kind of relate to your story. And I think that's a story, Wayne, that we've heard before and hear a lot about the, some of the women in the outdoors. Yeah, I mean, look at my wife and I. We Cleveland, Ohio, 400,000 people. <laughs> and uh, when we retired as paramedics there, I convinced her to come here. And she's one of the ones that said, I am not moving to the country because she wasn't going to leave her parents. So yep. I talked to her dad. I said, well, what if you come with us? So he's like, why not? <laughs> you know, that's, now, like, that's a committed husband. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I talked him into going. They bought the 15 acres next to our 60, and um, they moved down oh. here. Now she's down here, and she absolutely loved it. Matter of fact, she's back in Ohio now uh, dealing with one of the adoptions that we're doing. And she every day she's like, I cannot wait to get back home. I cannot because she hates the city. You know, and I used yep. to tease her when she first came down here. We see a car coming down, you know, down on six, you know, the highway here be like, a, you know, quarter mile away. I'm like, oh, traffic is bad today. <laughs> I know. Literally, I get that because um, I'm the same way. I mean, I've been here over 20 some years now and, I, and you couldn't pay me to move back to town. Not even a chance. And it's just funny how your mind shifts, um, you know, and how things change for you. But our town, we have 500 people in our town and we don't even have a stoplight. Yep. So... I mean, it's just, it's really, you know, there's not a lot going on around these parts, I'll tell you that. But that's the beauty of it. And, um, right. and it's funny. So when uh, we went out of town a couple of day, or a couple of weeks ago, we went um, fishing in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm sure you guys have heard about some yeah. of the crazy that's been happening in Kenosha. But we went um, out on Lake Michigan two weeks before that happened. And even just driving home from that part of Wisconsin back to our hometown, we we're like, God, we certainly definitely appreciate our territory a lot more now than it just is like a, a big reminder when you're in some, a bigger town and there's just so much commotion and so much going on and, and you're just not used to it i mean oh, stuff. yeah it is but, and, and, it's, and it's strange how, how you you really learn to appreciate the good life for sure and the value of of what it does for your soul you know i say man i i feel like i'm 
um, I have like my own investment and own invested retirement plan because when you live in a town like this, like there's nowhere to stop and go shopping. You don't stop mm-hmm. and get pizza on the way home. It's just like sure. you go to work and you come home. I mean, for us to even go to Walmart or to go grocery shopping, we're driving, you know, 45 minutes. Right. Um, and so when you go to town, you do all your shopping. You <laughs> you oh, yeah. go to the grocery store, you go to, you know, Walmart, you do all your things all in one stop. So. Now, how long did it take you to, to learn how to relax and not just be, yep. I mean, because I know like living in the city, you're wired. And, and I know with our job, we were really wired, you know, being medics in the big city like that. It took us quite a while to, you know, learn to just calm down. I mean, how long did it take you to really relax? That is seriously such a great question, and nobody has ever asked me this, and I can tell you exactly when it happened, and it wasn't right away. Uh, when I moved to the city, is when, or when I moved from the city to the country is when I started my first, my first business, and so my business uh, was really, in the beginning, it was started taking off, and then it got busy and busier and busier, and so my life, even though I worked in town, was just really super busy. It was go, 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 and... Um, I think that's honestly one of the reasons how and why I fell so deeply in love with hunting. And I, I remember the day perfectly. Um, it was the first time that I ever went out by myself. We had owned um, a chunk of land. It had 73 acres on it. And as my kids were growing, we'd go out there and we'd spend the night and we'd have fun. We'd camp out and ride four-wheeler and whatnot. And, and it was great. I liked it. It was nice little weekend stuff. But it wasn't until the day that... Um, my my ex-husband, he's an ex-husband now, he had actually built me a tower stand. And um, mm. the first time that I ever hunted by myself, I, it was really cold out, but I, I remember literally, like, walking up the, the ladder steps, and it was just cold. And I, like, remember I could hear everything. Like, I just can hear it still in my ears, like, walking up the ladder. But I got in there, and it was the most transformational, mesmerizing, like, night of my life. Um, it was the first time that I actually seen my own property from a different dimension. And I actually, in that moment, realized what I had because I before just was like, oh, we're just going up to the land. It was just something to do from seeing it from a different perspective. It, something came over me that like completely captivated me. And I seriously witnessed, like, turkeys literally all over the field and, and doe and fawn just, like, playing and frolicking with each other. I always, like, can remember seeing them, like, the little does and the fawns, they were, like, chasing each other. And, like, one would almost touch the other one and kind of jump up and run. And I was, like, thinking in my head, like, you could hear them going, Tag, you're it. You know, it was just, like, just super fun and super awesome. And the sunset that night and the colors were just magical. And for the first time, like... The phone wasn't ringing. The kids weren't momming me to death, which we all love, but sometimes it's overwhelming. <laughs> and, the, you know, the clients weren't calling. The employees weren't needing me. It was just that minute of all of a sudden, like, everything was just calm, and it was beautiful. And it was in that, like, genuine evening that everything changed for me. I just felt something so calming come aft on, on me, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but... I'm so glad that it is. And I sat up there, and in that minute, I was able to actually feel just grateful for everything instead of feeling overwhelmed about everything. And it was just a very, very glorious time for me to, to take that on. Because in that time in my life, everything was going on. You know, we had, sure. I had clients to take care of, employees, kids, husbands, you know, house to take care of. And it was so much. And um, it was just like 
so beautiful to be able to see what my own property from a different perspective and look at it from a heart full of gratitude and love and um, just witness some of the most amazing things. And Yeah, you um, found yourself. Yes. You found and where you belong. Just, I really, really did. And it just, uh, honestly, since that day, I haven't, you haven't been able to get me out of the woods. And <laughs> it just, it grew from hunting to shed hunting to morel mushroom hunting to hiking to just being in the woods just was something away for me to sure. um, not escape everything. I didn't want to escape it, but it just did something for my soul. It just, you know, everybody talks about, um, you know, it's so much easier to connect with your faith and your religion or God or what, the universe, whatever you connect mm-hmm. with. And I never understood it um, before until I experienced it myself. And I think just be, having that ability to be out there and, collect your mind and, you know, and, and be one with the outdoors and, you know, talk on, you know, have my faith. It just, it, it just drew me in and it just, uh, every single day it got clearer and clearer and my passion got stronger and stronger and every <laughs> free second I had, that's where I was. And, um, it's yeah, just, and, and, it, yeah, Shasha, I hate to interrupt, but we need to go to a break here. Uh, so oh, no, just no, no, hold, no. yeah, no, just hold, hold that thought because we want to continue it. to talk about this because I think that hearing a woman, make these statements, maybe might inspire some more women that do not get out in the outdoors to do so. And I know that's part of what you're doing uh, now. So let's take a break. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors Radio in just a moment. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends, and we are Alex Rutledge's Alex Rutledge less today. Uh, <laughs> I'm the Red Pole Mike Trace. Uh, Wayne Locke is here. We have uh, uh, we have uh, Dana Sasha uh, on the phone with us uh, from Hunting for Connections. And and in the last uh, last segment of the program, Dana, you were talking about falling in love with the outdoors and uh, and the fact that you know that's kind of when you. Uh, kind of made a piece and found your place to go to relax and kind of get away from it all. And I guess from there, now this first hunt that you were just describing, did you harvest an animal that day? That's actually a really great question. I I didn't, but I had an opportunity to, and I'll tell you, this is kind of what for me makes the story so special, is it was the first time that I actually hunted by myself. And so that Mm -hmm. night when the sun was setting, I can remember this so majestically. There was a buck that walked out onto the field, and he was just super, just super at ease, but almost nervous at the same time. He was just mm-hmm. a big old ten point buck, and he would take one or two steps out of the the wood line, and he would look around, and it was almost just like he was asking the does for permission, like could he come out? But he just every step that he took, he just had this massive just stance about him he just owned like the whole field and he was just seriously so majestic and beautiful and I remember feeling like I should be grabbing for my gun like my husband would be having an episode if he was in the tree (laughs) in the tower stand with me and I just that night was so transformational for me like seeing the sunset and the turkeys and the deer and the fawn like just playing and then having this big massive buck come out and it was actually close enough to me so I could physically see his antlers without having to use my binoculars so I'd say he was probably 50 yards and it was just like watching his statue and stature about his presence was so 
just magical for me. And I just decided in that moment that I wasn't going to harvest the animal, that I was just going to enjoy the moment and the experience because it was so amazing. And I replayed it a couple times in my head, like, oh, I'm going to tell my husband I didn't shoot. He's probably going to be mad. But I'm going to take the, the bet and the gamble because, to, like, for me that night, it was so amazing to be in that whole environment and that situation. And so what I decided was I said, I'm new at this. I think what I'm going to do is I, 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 I'm a goal setter. I love to set goals. So I said, I'm going to set a goal that I'm not going to harvest a buck until I see one that's actually bigger than this 10-pointer. And I thought, oh. this will give me some time to be patient, learn, um, experience it, um, you know, all the things that, that I really probably should have learned before even taking a shot. So I was just like, I'm going to just wait it out. This will give me some time to enjoy the, these moments and these nights like this. And so, believe it or not, I, I hunted for three years. I oh, went wow. out three years before I actually harvested an animal, and it, it was an 11-pointer. And so, but the beauty of that story is that I did learn patience, and I did mm-hmm. have so many more awesome nights like that, um, you know, learning and being out there and going with my kids and having more, you know, experiences and, you know, watching them harvest animals and learning and things like that. And so when I did finally harvest the 11 point. To me, it was so much more meaningful because, number one, I stuck to the goal that I originally set. And number two, um, I did learn a lot before I had that opportunity. And who wouldn't want to go in and shoot a big 10-point buck the first time they go into a stand by themselves? That would have been a great story. But for me, it's a lot more meaningful to know that I I did put myself in a situation where I wanted to be able to have more learning experiences and more time to enjoy the outdoors and spend time with my kids. And so... Um, it was for me when I was when I harvested that 11 point. It, it literally brought me to tears because wow. I wanted it so bad, and I was so grateful for the opportunity. And then I actually reached a goal, and so it was just a really special, special uh, situation. For well, me. is that is that what kind of led you then into wanting to create this organization that you had, just to get other people involved and and share the time together like that? Is that is that what started this whole uh, hunting sport okay. connections or? It planted the seed um, for me. Once I found my passion, I, I didn't find it till I was late in my thirties, like thirty four. 3334 and honestly it was such a transformational moment finally my first time in my life finding a passion like it consumed me on so many positive levels that I wanted to share that and to motivate and inspire more people to try the outdoors try new things it didn't even have to be hunting it could be anything because of just what it did for me personally mm-hmm. just to find something to that captivated my entire essence. Like I, it just is something you, you don't, you can't even believe you've went your whole life without it until you experience what your passion feels like. (laughs) And when I found that my whole soul just filled with so much happiness and that planted the seed of wanting to bring more like-minded people together. But I'm also, I've been a, a connector, really a matchmaker in a way, my entire adult life through my business, which I'm a headhunter, go figure, uh, by day. Um, so I, I, I'm a recruiter for the financial services industry, so I'm always um, matching people together and candidates with companies. Mm -hmm. So I've always kind of been that connector, and what my business taught me was the power of connection. When you bring like-minded people together, the beauty and the opportunities that can come from just, you know, one great conversation. And what I learned is that every great relationship starts with one great conversation. And so... It doesn't matter if that's friendship, work, 
business or love. You know, it starts somewhere. And if you can engage in like just that one captivating conversation, that can lead into something else, at least into something else. And I just really learned the power of connection. And I, I kind of brought all of that together. And unfortunately, um, in 2014, uh, my marriage um, kind of went on a hiatus and I filed for divorce. And um, at that time, we had owned 500 acres of land. So I knew I was going to be getting some of it. And I had a a very unique situation. When I was married, uh, he took care of the property. I worked. And so when it came to hunting time, I would just roll up and hunt because I worked 24-7 all the time. And so I didn't have time to help with food plots or check trail cams and stuff like that. And so I, I definitely would say that I had it, had it very well. And so once all of that changed, I knew I was getting some of that land. And I thought, holy smokes, I Whew, I need uh, I need to learn how to take care of my property if I want yeah. big bucks to keep coming. In. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. All right, and, and I know, and you're, and and we're gonna have to go to a break here, uh, okay. real quick. But and we don't want to get away because we kind of had you talk about uh, about your group hunting for connections yeah. and what you're doing there. So yeah. let's let's start there when we come back from this break. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. We'll be right back. Hi everybody, this is Jessica White with Wonder Woman Kansas. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart, so you never gotta worry. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots with Alex Rutledge. Although Alex is not here today, but I have Mike Grace in the studio. This is Wayne Locke and Dana Sasha on the phone from Hunting for Connections. Dana, you were uh, talking about how you started. Uh, the uh, organization, and let's pick up from there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I was just explaining that um, when, I, when I needed an opportunity, I needed to learn how to better take care of my land, and I didn't have that resource. And so I did have uh, two sons that were able to help, but I, I decided to start a Facebook group, and I wanted to connect like-minded people that hunted and fished, and I wanted to bring them together and allow them to connect four different ways. And so I wanted to be a unique group that would offer um, outfitters and fishing guides to come in and offer their services, but at a discounted rate for the members. So it would give them an opportunity to promote for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the members would get a discount, but it would also be an opportunity for me to ask questions and learn and um, and really just be surrounded by like-minded people that had the answers to the questions that I needed so I didn't have to feel intimidated to ask those questions just blatantly over a Facebook. And, so sure. and then allow others the, to get those answers, too. Exactly. And I figured if you're surrounded by like-minded people, they, you know, they're more of an expert than I am. So, um, so the, the group really started to take off and, um, there was just a lot of great things that were happening and great opportunities that were coming from it. And it did exactly what I wanted it to. It connected people and, and, and really just was inspiring a lot of, of, of goodness. And so from that, I really just, um, you know, we had already had the idea of, uh, the online dating and friending site. And, but at that time, we, we were really going to call it Hunting for True Love. So as time went on, we continued to build the, dad, the dating site and the friending site, but the Facebook group was growing. Um, like today, we're up to 33,000 active members in that group, wow. and it's just growing steadily on a very positive, uh, positive manner. But what we did is um, during that time of my divorce, 
that group really, for me, was like a very personal place. It, it kind of took my mind off of things. It gave me an opportunity to make new friends. I, I swapped some hunts with people. They came to my place and hunted. I went out west and hunted. It was just like a beautiful um, situation for me during a very tough time. And so when we were getting closer to the launch of the, the site, we also wanted people to connect four ways on there. So we, they're able to connect by dating, friendship, relationship, or just looking for an activity partner. And so we said, you know, how cool would it be to kind of give back to the group um, that gave so much to us and to so many other people and actually named the online dating site also Hunting for Connections. And it's a perfect match, actually, for the name of what we're trying to accomplish. So the, the site actually kind of was an inspiration from you know, our desire to be in the outdoors, our passion for that, but also our desire to want to promote healthy relationships built strong in the outdoors. Yeah, and that's what and I found. So, that's what yeah. actually what I found very interesting about your site. It's not a dating site. It's not like I'm looking for my future husband or wife on this site. It's I could just be looking for a hunting buddy or some or another yeah. lady saying, hey, I'd like to just, you know, find another lady that like to hang out the weekends and, and do some camping or fishing or something. That's what I yeah. think is so unique about it. And I'm thinking also when you're talking about your group, that must have been where you were absorbing all that information to uh, come up with the idea of, of this algorithm that you had uh, explained to me this morning about. Um, I I'm thinking that's probably where you got this idea for it, putting together your algorithm. It definitely helped. Yes, for sure. It was really just the power of connecting people in the outdoors. Again, wanting people to find their passion, also wanting people to find that genuine match um, and, but also just ultimately wanting people to get into the outdoors. That is so important. And our, our mission behind the site was really um, to help others to give back but to make a difference. So the goal long, long term here is once the site actually is um, becoming profitable, right now our goal obviously is to drive people to the site to get them using it. Um, but we want to eventually be giving back to the outdoors. So um, eventually, hopefully in the next year or two, we'll be donating a portion of every paid membership back to an organization of the outdoors of their choice. So we're really excited to get to that point of, uh, you know, of growth. So we're working on that um, every day. That sounds cool. Now, here's, I do have one quick question, and I'm sorry, Mike. Fine, I, he, Mike looked at me. He's like, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> yeah, I do have a quick question. Now, is this site one of the requirements that you have to be single? Because I'm thinking as a married couple, it would be cool to find another married couple that has the same kind of interest. You do not have to be married. The site is for both dating and for friending. So awesome. on the friending side, you can look for friends or you can look for activity partners. So there has there has no... You know, there's two, four different ways you can connect, again, through dating or looking for a relationship or friends or activity partners. So um, married couples can come on there and just say, hey, we want to we wanna go find an archery couple that wants to shoot, maybe league with us, or, you know, or maybe... Maybe you're going out of town and you see a really cool fishing tournament, but you're like, ah, how boring, I don't want to do that by myself. You could go on there and just search for an activity partner or even Love just it. search for an a friend and say, hey, I'm going to be in town for three months. You know, would you mind sharing with me where some cool fishing spots are? Where's a good place to go camping? Or, you know, so there's different ways. It's really about connecting people that share a similar passion. And that's how you are connected with individuals is based on shared hobbies and passions, which is how we designed our algorithm. I think that's just fantastic. And, and, and again, folks, the site is hunting for the number connections. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Yep. Hunting the number four connections. Yeah, just Google it. And I guess people will come to the main page and get all the good stuff that they need to know. Yes. And, yes, and, and, and just, yeah, as I was listening to you here, Dana, uh, 
I was so happy that you didn't go with, uh, you know, uh, something like huntersonly.com and come up with stupid <laughs> commercials and a cheesy jingle. Right. <laughs> hey, we, we're about to launch our jingle, so I, oh, I can't okay. wait to... Uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to hear that. Oh, now, see, now you got to call us back. we got to be the first one that you release it on. We want to hear this. Yeah, we're, it's, uh, we're, we're getting close to releasing it, so I'll call you back and play it for outstanding. you. Outstanding. So good stuff, I'm telling you. Uh, you're going to like it. It's super upbeat, it's fast, and it's very catchy. All right, so, Dana, let's hear it from you. How do people, if they want to uh, go, you know, maybe just explore the site and what you're doing, yeah. or if they want to register and become members, uh, just yeah. lead them through how to do that. we got yeah, about a minute absolutely. here, so we got to go you really quick. It. Okay, so just to be clear, the Facebook group, Hunting for Connections, has nothing to do with dating. It's just hunting and fishing. It's a Facebook group. But if you want to join the site, it's huntingforconnections.com. They can join, um, they can sign up for free, and they can either, again, look for friends or a date. But additionally, every person that signs up for free gets 100 free tokens to come in, sign up, um, look around, see if there's people in your area yet. If there is, those tokens allow you to talk for free. Once they utilize all the tokens, they have an option to buy a monthly subscription. But every single person that signs up gets registered for um, we're giving a whole bunch of cool hunts and fishing trips away. So anybody who is interested should definitely be signing up now because we're going to be giving away some awesome hunting uh, trips um, uh, that are coming up shortly and fishing trips. Uh, we've got romantic getaways coming up, too. We've just got a lot of really awesome things coming on. But Untamed Adventures um, is, is the first hunt that we're giving away here in wow. October over in Illinois. So it's going to be awesome. So all they have to do to, to register is sign up, create a profile. That's it. They're already in. Beautiful. Uh, very good. And I know we're going to delve a little bit more into this on the uh, the the bonus segment uh, on the podcast. So, uh, Wayne, real quick here, explain to people how they go there to hear more about Hunting for Connections. Yeah, to listen to more of Dana's story on Hunting for Connections and her successful deer hunt she had this year, go to your favorite podcast carrier, Apple, Stitcher, I'm not even going to name them all because we're on all of them. But uh, to leave a review, you can only leave a review on Podchaser or any Apple site. Uh, leave us a five-star review, four-star review would be great. And do and, not leave uh, us a two-star review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, be entered uh, for a drawing. Uh, we got some great gifts uh, going. And uh, we have some big news we're going to announce at the beginning of the podcast uh, bonus segment here. So to hear that, make sure you uh, listen to the, the bonus segment and catch the big news we're getting ready to announce. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the radio show. Make sure you go over and join the podcast to hear more. I'm the Red Bull Mike Crace for Wayne Locke and Dana Sasha. When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. See you next week. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Locke. I'm Mike Crease in the studio here with me, and we have Dana Sasha continuing her stories. If you're listening to this, that means you are on the podcast. We appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a four or five star review, and be entered into some drawings. And speaking of the podcast. Mike, we have some great news that we're uh, mm -hmm. just getting ready to announce here today for the first time. We have a new clothing lineup 
for podcast. It's going to be shirts that have the podcast, new podcast symbol that I developed on there. New logo. New logo. And uh, we're going to have those available. We're going to be giving away 20 of them over the next few weeks. So, and we have some mugs too that I might throw in to some special uh, listeners that we got going on. But uh, make sure you guys leave a review. That's the only way you're going to win, get a chance to win one of these t-shirts. And also, as another bonus, if you go to AmericanRootsOutdoors.com, go to our shopping page, anything you order on there, when you check out, just type in podcast on the code and you'll receive 10% off your entire order. Oh, very cool. Very good. But so, Dana, you'll have to do that. We expect to see an order from you by the end of the week. <laughs> well, sure. I'll take one of each. <laughs> Minimum $5,000 order. <laughs> oh, well, no, I'm just case, kidding. I'm just kidding. Do you take a payment plan? <laughs> no, but, we, but we'll trade out a hunt. There, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey now. Hey a coffee now. mug for a hunt. I like that. <laughs> now, now we're talking negotiation skills there. That well, and, and I guess, uh, you know, with that, and people listen to the radio show, um, I would think that there's a lot of that kind of thing, uh, talking about your, your website website and your group huntingforconnections.com that's kind of what people do there right it is yeah on our facebook group one of the things that we do encourage is hunting swaps i mean there's you know we definitely encourage outfitters to come on there and and sell their their deals that they have but they are actually um they have to go ahead and offer the members a deal and a discount mm-hmm. in order to promote in there for free but we also encourage people that have land already to swap hunts i mean th- there's nothing better than being able to have an experience with somebody that you know there is no fee that's just a trade in you know experiences and for example i know a lot of people that have done that already in the group and it's been super successful you know, obviously it just takes some conversations and some agreements and things like that. But, um, for instance, uh, one thing that I did is I swapped a hunt uh, with a couple people that came here. And then in exchange, uh, they took us out west and we got to go hunting out west. And it was just, it was a beautiful exchange. There was no fee there. You know, there was, they didn't pay us. We didn't pay them. Um, but, you know, they took um, a great opportunity, and so did we, and it was perfect. Like, it was absolutely perfect. And we made new friendships, and we created awesome memories. And it's so cool because every person has a different either land or they have a different experience or they have a different territory. And it's just, it's you know, that's the best part about hunting is meeting new people and having new experiences and creating new memories. And, um, and that's something that a lot of people are doing in the Facebook group, Hunting for Connections, and it's a great way to save additional money and just create um, yeah. you know, opportunities with something that you already have. Right. I'm thinking this, this may be a way for me to finish my Grand Slam. I could look there at doing a, uh, a Rio, maybe swapping out somebody, an Eastern for a Rio. Exactly. So just go on there and type, you know, hey, I'd love to swap a hunt with somebody, and literally I'd like to swap a, you know, what you just said, a, a Grand uh, grand Rio for, what did you say, an Osceola? Uh, no, I, I got uh, Easterns on or my Eastern, property, but I need to yeah. I need a Rio to to uh, Rio. continue this uh, grand slam that I'm trying to accomplish. There, there you go. And, it's been and eluding I'm me. <laughs> you. Yeah, and I'm guaranteeing you, there's going to be people that you know are looking for what you have to offer, and so yeah, do it. It would be it would be great. This is such a cool idea. I wish it was around many years ago when I was living in the big city of Cleveland because to be able to. To go out and and get either a deal on an outfitter would be a bonus, but just finding someone else to say, hey, can I come out to your place, hunt? I have property over here that I can give you. It's not where I live, but I got yeah. I had fantastic property for turkey hunting especially. 
Uh, man, I wish I would have known about that. Yeah, what you could have done, Wayne, is you could have tried to trade a hunt for some tickets to a Cleveland Browns game. <laughs> Well, you no. See, what? Dana, now you should. You, I say you. Stuff. You're not watching much football. That's why he's laughing because <laughs> they actually give homeless people in Cleveland the tickets to the Browns games to try to fill the stadium. <laughs> that's how bad the Browns are, oh, and they've boy. been like that for well. That's why I'm a Steelers fan, so I never had to worry about that. <laughs> but that, to, to, I, I, I'm not kidding. They would give us tickets at work to give out to homeless people to get them down to the game to try and fill the stadium up so that it looked like they good, were busy. what a good thing that is, actually. That is true. That is, That's a good that thing for the Browns. That is true. I was, I was just kidding, but anyway. All right, so, uh, <laughs> and for the folks that haven't heard the radio portion of the show, Dana, and we got to just three or four minutes here, explain to them about the, the website, the huntingforconnections.com. Yeah, so huntingforconnections.com is an online dating and friending site for outdoor enthusiasts. And what we do is we match individuals based on their outdoor passions. So the things that they love to do the most in the outdoors, our algorithm connects them based on the things that they enjoy the most in the outdoors. So it connects them based on their hobbies and their passions. And they can connect four ways. They can connect by looking for a date a new friend, a relationship, or even just simply an activity partner. So if they're not even, you know, if they're not looking to date or not looking for a relationship, but they have a genuine interest in just finding an activity partner or, you know, another couple to go out and have some fun with that's in their territory that, you know, enjoys the same things that they do, they can definitely go on and search for that as well. So it's it's a site that allows you to connect um, for either new friends or, you know, if they're even looking for to find the love of their life. Now, I, I'm for connections is all about. Right. I, I heard a rumor that uh, Facebook has been giving you some issues. They have. They are not Let's... approving us to do Facebook ads. And um, so in, if you have a dating site, you have to go through an application process, and they will not approve us. And the reason why is because their policy says um, – if, a, if your dating site <laughs> uh, sponsors or promotes three-person marriages <laughs> or uh, hookups or connections, they will not approve you. Well, we have the word connections in our site. Unfortunately, we're not promoting hookups or three-person marriages. Our connections means bringing like-minded people together. And so even though they look at it from a different perspective because of that, mm -hmm. um, they will not approve us. So I'm, I'm thinking that a, there's not actually somebody looking at it, though, is it? It's they're, probably they're just not, a robot. It's it is. It, they're, they're, so we can't get past the robot, which is very frustrating. Oh, no, We've actually, um, yep, uh, so uh, I, we're not exactly sure how to handle that, but we're trying every day because, uh, you know, our goal is to do target marketing mm -hmm. uh, state to state so that we can fill up one market so that when somebody comes in, they've got a lot of people to talk to and a lot of people to connect sure. with. So. so that's why people, you need to go to the website, you need to go to uh, huntingforconnections.com. Right, and yeah. Wayne was telling me that you had a very successful deer hunt, and we just got just a very short amount of time. Tell us a quick story. Yeah, so our deer season for bow just started here last week. It was uh, the first year that I've ever had a successful hunt in the very first opening weekend, which for me is super awesome and exciting. Last season I hunted uh, through bow season, uh, rifle season, muzzleloader, and back to bow season, late season, and I never ended up harvesting a buck, so I put in on a lot of time. So this year it was super special. But um, I went out in the morning last uh, Sunday morning, and I – I had a really nice buck come in, and 
he was giving me the eye so I couldn't pull out my bow to, to shoot. And so um, he finally got out to a point uh, where he was probably about 45 to 50 yards away, and I don't, I just didn't range him perfectly, and I underestimated the, the distance, and when I shot, the arrow went right underneath of his belly, so mm-hmm. I was just really disappointed, like obviously anybody would be, and so I was just like, oh, hanging my head, and I'm like, okay, this is just silly. I just need to change my attitude to gratitude and just be thankful that I've seen a shooter buck, and so instead, I just, I went back, and I put in more shots, came back, like, ranged everything, got everything in order, um, practiced, like, my breathing, and I'm like, all right, he's coming back tonight, and I'm going to make it happen, and I went back out, and we had 12 dough in this little food plot that we had uh, put in this spring that my son, Jaden, put in, um, and then um, about an hour after uh, all the dough came out, so about 7 o'clock, all of a sudden I looked back, and here comes out this nice 10-point buck in the midst of all these beautiful dough, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. So my heart started racing, and I, like, kind of checked myself. I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> so I just took my time. I waited. I let him get comfortable in the area and just let them kind of, you know, enjoy the surrounding of all those beautiful dough. And then I waited and waited for him just to have the perfect, um, you know, broad side shot. And finally he moved just right and um, I went ahead and took it off of safety and, and let the arrow fly. And so um, he rolled twice and um, and then he got up and ran. So I was just a little bit nervous. I thought, oh, shoot, here we go. So um, I gave him some time. I gave myself some time, and then I went and looked, and the arrow had broken off. So I knew um, I knew it was you know probably a good harvested yeah. uh, shot there. So we just gave him a little bit more time, and, and thankfully I had a great um, blood trail on him, and he was maybe 75 yards away. And, nice. And so um, it was just I waited again. It was three years again before I've um, actually been able to have another successful hunt. And so I was just so grateful to kind of, you know, it's just when you wait so long and then you, it finally all comes together. It's just such a, a glorious, really meaningful minute when it all comes together. And right. it's just fun for me. It just it, I, that feeling of excitement and joy, it just doesn't ever get old, ever. And yep. so for me, I was just so elated to have it happen again. And um, so, yeah, it was just a, a really big blessing. And to know that, it, you know, we, we were able to harvest a, a beautiful, you know, 10-point buck right in our own property and, and you know. Keep, Always um, makes it more special. You, right on your own land, yeah. Yep, it makes it beautiful. more special. Hey, we're going to yeah. wrap up the bonus segment here. And uh, for everybody, I'm going to just let everybody know, we're going to put that picture of your buck on as your uh, profile pick for the podcast e- episode so that everybody yeah. will be able to get a chance to see it. Uh, Mike saw it already. It is a beauty, it is a beauty it's buck. A beauty yeah. buck. Yeah. Is he going on Thank the wall? You. Oh, he's going on the wall. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. This is Wayne Locke, Mike Crace, and for Dana, we want to say thank you very much. And like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. Thank you. Thank you.